Well, hello and welcome to a new episode of AmeriVision, the premier American Eurovision pod podcast. Today, Connor and I are talking about the first half of Semifinal 2. This will be the third of four preview episodes for, well, yeah, just four. Four episodes uh, for Eurovision 2023. If you missed all of our Semifinal 1 opinions and thoughts, you can just scroll back a couple in the podcast order. Uh, but today we will be going through... 10 randomly selected or randomly uh, ordered songs from uh, this semifinal, including the uh, big five countries plus Ukraine, although they're not in this section, uh, that will be voting in this semifinal. So today we have Poland, Australia, Romania, Belgium, Estonia, Denmark, Greece, Iceland, San Marino, and Armenia. Quite the lineup to get through. Uh, so let's start with Poland. This year they have... Uh, I just lost it. This year they have Blanca with Solo, uh, a song that has no um, no lack of controversy uh, surrounding it, um, but a very strong diaspora uh, that tends to, to vote pretty strongly in order to get their acts through. Uh, so Connor, why don't you kick us off and, and tell us a little bit about what you think about Blanca's chances uh, and about the song. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. There is, I feel like every every week or every month, there's just a new thing that's popped up that is a controversy for Poland. But, um, you know, honestly, when we look at Eurovision, and especially in, in years where I feel like there's a high quality, um, sometimes there's these songs that exist out there that just have nothing. They're like Teflon. I, they just come right off and I'm just like, okay, that song is there and it's not for me. And there's nothing that's really pushing me or pulling me into the song. Unfortunately this year, Poland is in that group of songs. And, and I think the biggest reason why uh, is really just because I feel this song was written as a single, a summer hit single or an attempt at a summer hit single that they then decided to enter into Europe into the Polish national selection and then oopsie went to Eurovision and they tried to give it a revamp, but I actually feel like it got worse because now it's even more discombobulated because there's a random dance break in it. And I think they're trying to pull a <laughs> slow-mo from last year. And I think it's really going to be a, I don't think it's going it, to I don't think it's going to come off well in the same regard as Slomo did because there was so much to work with and she was such a charismatic performer. Blanca is not just is not this the way that this she carries this song live unfortunately is is just I've yet to see one where I'm like wow that was really good. I really liked the way she did that. So it's me trying to be positive. I don't want to. I don't want to bring her down because I feel like everyone is just tearing her to shreds. It's not for me. I'm worried about the song, and you know who knows? Maybe she can do a whole 180, pull it out, and Poland will be back in, or not back in, but will stay in the grand final this year. I just I don't think that's the universe that we're in. I I don't want to agree with that. Uh... But I think you're, you're probably right. I think there are just better songs uh, this year in this semifinal uh, that they have to compete with. And I, with the, the number of controversies of surrounding her participation, her selection, everything, um, it just doesn't seem like she's even going to get the, the Polish diaspora to vote for her, uh, which is going to be necessary in order to get through. 
I will say though, I actually really like the song. I liked it before. Um, I wasn't super keen on it when it came to uh, particularly the live performance during uh, the final of, or the, the Polish national final. I'm not gonna try to say that name. Um, but it was, it was something, I think I talked about it when we, when we covered it, when we covered the national final, that it popped up on my YouTube all the time for some reason. Like it was always in the mix. And it's, it was always fine. Like I, I always enjoyed it. I didn't actually realize that it was for Eurovision for many times uh, listening through it. And now when it comes on, I certainly don't skip it. Like I, I find it, I don't know, it's just an easy listen, I guess. Uh, there's not anything challenging about it, which is probably to me its biggest downfall because I also don't seek it out. There's nothing that calls me to this song. I think my biggest concern comes from, like you were talking about with the performances, we've seen her in uh, some of the, the pre-party lineups, one pre-party lineup, I think. Uh, it's not been great. Now, she's been sick. Yeah, and that's the point. I mean, is really at this point, I, I think we've only seen her at Israel. And I think that's it, because she wasn't in Poland. Um, right. And she's not going to be... Was she in or, sorry, Madrid? She might. I don't know. But even those just... I have concerns. I have concerns yeah. if she's ever going to be able to pull it up to the level of the rest. Okay, like, I, again, I don't want to be like... I don't want to tear her down, but she is in the wrong year to have a just meh song because the vocal mm -hmm. ability of all of the other artists that are surrounding her uh, for the most part is so high that even if she had a fantastic song she just does not have the vocal capabilities to to perform it live in the same regard as other songs and so i think that that's what's going to hinder her is that you know in the grand scheme of things She's not going to leave a big impression, and it's a televote year. So, right, it's I don't even with the Polish, I don't see this having a positive international reception for the semifinal uh, because of the fact that there are other songs in here that are probably going to pull off a better package. Who knows? Oh, almost certainly will pull off a better package. Uh. So she's competing right in the middle between Greece uh, and Slovenia. But <laughs> also sandwiched between Iceland and Georgia. Yeah, I think she's she's in a really tough spot there. My, I also really think that she's not getting the full support of TVP right now. Um, I think TVP is doing a little bit of damage control and sort of just <sighs> hoping that this will all end soon for them. Uh, it's been a rough year for them from even before this selection. Uh, they were under some fire for other songs in the national final. So I just don't think that they're even going to give her something to really work with, which I think is really sad. Like I, like I said, I think it's a good song. And I think that if she could bring the vocal, there would be a real chance for her if they then gave her some staging to work with. And it just doesn't feel like that's going to be the case because we've not seen an investment like we have even for for songs that had less of a chance to get through. We haven't seen the investment from TVP at this point. Yep. 
100 percent. but they could prove me wrong one thing is certain i have a feeling that there are going to be some visual effects on the screen because boy oh boy does tvp love those what we do best (laughs) well let's move on to australia um since we don't have doesn't sound like we have much more to say uh so let's talk a little bit about australia this will be their uh last contracted year uh, to be in Eurovision, which probably means nothing. It's just the fact that this the current contract ends this year. Um, and they have decided to send Voyager with their song Promise. They did not go through Australia Decides this year after coming second last year. Uh, the uh, SBS decided not to, uh, not to host a national final, which I find kind of interesting, this being their last contracted year, them selecting a song uh, and just sending it, sending it through without uh, garnering input is maybe what I'll say. Uh, that said, I'm so glad that they've decided to send Voyager because A, they did so great last year in Australia Decides, and B, bringing some real energy to this semifinal, which I feel like, with the exception of Austria, is really lacking in some power and drive. Hmm. Yeah, I I definitely see where you're coming from. That there are there are less impactful or impressionable songs in the semifinal. I think that there are more. Um. How does one say personal favorites, if you will, that people will be very uh, drawn to the songs that they love a lot, but there aren't unlike in. Uh, really, I, I guess, semifinal one of all the bands. I mean, all of the high-impact, high-energy songs, most of what we have here, uh, yeah, Voyager, uh, Taya and Selena, uh, Iru, and, and maybe maybe Gustav uh, all in here, I would say, are the high-impact the high impact songs. But um, I think for Australia's case, I think it, um, and I said this earlier on our, our live stream, I want to say that SBS knew what they were doing by choosing to do an internal selection on their final contract year, because I think that they want to prove to the EBU that I don't think that this is a problem. I don't think the EBU is like scheming, like, ah, ha, ha, let's kick them out. But I think they want to prove to them why they have to continue. And Voyager is, I think, the band to do it. Um, You know, Australia has not struggled besides once to get into the grand final. But I think that Voyager is really a, just a guaranteed shoe-in at, at this rate. We know how they perform live. We know that they can carry a staging. We know it's going to be high impact. We know that they, people love it. We know that they love Eurovision, and they've been highly invested in this entire process. And it's a song unlike Dreamer, which was written with Eurovision in mind, and a three-minute complete package instead of Dreamer, which was a not-three-minute song retrofit into three minutes because they said, oops, we're, we have to have a song for Australia Decides now. Um, so I, I get why they maybe chose to not. Um, either they hadn't, they didn't have the interest this year, or they were like, hey, it's our last contract year, so let's swing massive. Let's go so hard that the EBU has a 0% chance to tell us, no, we can't come back. Personal theory, probably not the correct guess, but I, I think SBS knew what they were doing, and they knew that this was this was the choice. Plus, they probably thought if they didn't do it, they probably wouldn't come back. So, I, 
I hear what you're saying. I don't. I think it's less about the EBU and more about the Australian fans. True. Since Voyager, I, they won the televote last year, and Australia decides. Uh, I think it was more about giving them what they want, just in case uh, this was th- their last chance. Because I think if they were really going to uh, to show the EBU that they have to be there, I think you send a Dami M. I think you send uh, a Casey Donovan. You send the the vocal performance. Uh, I think you I think you focus more on that, or like a Jaguar Jones, uh, someone who's really uh, dominating parts of your music scene. Uh, I'm happy with their choice of Voyager. I think it's a great song. Uh, I think it's really, like I said, to to kick this part off. I think that it brings some energy to the semifinal. I think it brings energy to the group overall. Uh, it certainly stands out. Nobody is doing, we, this being the Battle of the Bands year, no one is doing what Voyager is doing uh, in this group. And you you can't say that about the rest of them. Uh, or you can't say it and be honest. Uh, so, but I just don't think that that's, I just don't think that that's what they were going for because if they were, they would have sent something maybe a little bit more traditional. Possibly. That said, I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it's going to matter. So. Yeah. And I, and I, th- I, I think that um, regardless of, of the decision or the reasoning behind their decision, I think that SBS and Voyager and all of Australia is so happy that they ended up in semifinal two, because if they had ended up in semifinal one, I still think that qualification is well within reach for them uh, just because of the song quality and performance quality. But they are basically with the exception of Slovenia and possibly San Marino, a hundred percent uncontested in terms of bands compared to our semifinal one, which has the busker, sudden lights, wild youth, uh, really just like, and, and let three also just all there in a line, they get to shine and close. And I think that that's the key here. They get to close and are probably going to be one of the most more, I shouldn't say most, one of the more memorable songs and performances um of this semifinal. So I think that SBS, again, regardless of their decision and, and background for their decision, is very happy about where they're at and also their running order. Um because with the exception of the grand final, usually going last bodes well. I mean, poor poor little uh Spain 2019. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it has a 100% qualification rate in at least the last 10 years, if not all semifinals, the last slot is a, is a good slot. Mm-hmm. And they come after Albania and Lithuania with two um, much more... There's a period of time where people are going to go get up and make tea, and it won't be during Australia. It'll be before them. They're sitting in a really good spot. Uh I say that fully loving Lithuania's song. I, it, they're getting the best possible lead-in to being the last slot in semifinal two. Couldn't ask for anything better. Um, I also think them having the United Kingdom and uh, now the rest of the world gets to vote uh, in a semifinal, 
I think that they have a really, they've got a pretty strong base uh, for, for points, especially considering they don't have Sweden and Finland in their, their semi. Uh, so they're, they're doing pretty well. I'm not, not too worried about them. Uh, but let's move on to Romania. Uh, this year, they have decided to send Teodor Andre with Degete off and on. Um, <laughs> I have to admit, this song is a little bit of a guilty pleasure for me. I don't really believe in guilty pleasures, but I find myself listening to this song and really enjoying it while also knowing that it's objectively not great. Uh, but I have a lot of hope for it, and I would love to see it in the final this year. Well, that is much more positive than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I, I talked about with Poland that there's this bunch of songs that I, that are like Teflon and just don't connect with me. And Romania is also in this bunch of, uh, of songs. And it, it's just, to be, to be frank, it's just not a song that I seek out. Um, it's not a song that I've really probably listened to more than once, maybe twice. And that was during the broadcast. And I, I just think that it's, from what little I can remember, um, just a little lackluster and just a little discombobulated in composition. Um, I think that Theodore himself seems to be fantastic and, and lovely to, to talk with and, um, you know, just to get to know, like on a personal level. But I just, this song, I just, I don't know how to feel about it. I really don't. Um, Maybe the staging will will connect it because I I felt the same way about Circus Mercus last year of Georgia where I was like, oh I don't know how to feel about this and then we got the live staging and I was like okay but wait I kind of love it now question mark that could be Romania for me this year but I I feel like there are other songs that are higher or higher on the probability to do that than this one. It gives me on a Sunday vibes. I don't understand that. You said that to me uh, way back during whatever their national final was called. I don't understand that. <laughs> so when, when I say um, on a Sunday vibes, I, I'm saying the song did not leave an impression on me when it was in the Romanian national final. And then we got to Eurovision and I was like, maybe it will leave an impression on me. And I was like, nope, still we got nothing. That's when I say it feels like on a Sunday. I feel like this is just going to be a bigger performance and a, a similar miss, even when I see it on the stage. Okay. That I understand more. I get that. Okay. Um, see, to me, this gives a little bit of... I still get the feeling that I got last, uh, last year with uh, Verse. It just doesn't feel like a song that should work. Uh, but when they put it on stage, it might. Uh, they have to do something different than what happened on the national final stage. That staging was mess. It was wild. Uh, but I, I think that they, they have the ability to clean it up a little bit and turn it into something really good. I, mean, they, I think they staged on a Sunday, for example, in a really interesting way. It just did, it wasn't right for the year. It didn't work. Uh, I, but I don't know where the votes for this song are coming from. I said the same thing or felt the same thing last year about verse. So I just don't know. I don't know how to place this. 
could I see it going through? Absolutely. Do I think that it will? No. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm currently watching this performance back and I'm just I'm Oh boy. Uh not only we just got to the the LED of Make Love Not War, um but also that it's super sexy but also like super loud red LED screens and oh god, it's just it I think this is going to be I think back to okay, um what this, I think, runs the risk of, maybe on a Sunday is not the best comparison, but if you go back to was it Croatia 2011, and I think it was Nina's song, the super like 70s disco song, and they put that massive LED wall behind her, and it just swallowed her mm-hmm. because it was way too much. That's what I have a worry that that they might do with Romania. And I think it kind of, I guess on a Sunday, kind of had this issue as well, that there was just so much happening on that LED of just drowning houses. You were like, what's happening on stage? I think Romania runs the risk of they're probably going to try and do this again. And he's just going to be on stage. um, Just with distractions aplenty. I don't know. I don't know. I have I have a lot of concerns and a lot of worries. Um, and I would say of this list, even though my comp- my uh, comments about Poland, I'd say this is the one that I have the uh, of all of the songs in Eurovision this year. This is the one that I have the most concerns about uh, when it comes to a staging perspective. And I think also just a qualification perspective, unless they've really cleaned it up, they've really changed it and maybe they just have this grand vision in mind because of the televotes. It, it it comes down to the televotes. I don't think that a lot of people are going to be receptive to this. It just, it feels like it sits in that sort of mid slot of death. There doesn't feel like there's a, unless they really put something on stage that blows us out of the water. I don't, I don't see a way for it to move forward, but I, I, yeah, I don't, I'm saying the same thing over and over. Like, I just didn't feel that way last year either. So, I don't know. Romania is such a wild card. You never know. But Verse Verse gave us hella sexy, crazy Spanish uh, choreography that really upvoted and upgraded the entire song. So, but I still think that that one had a competitive advantage compared to this one. Yeah, I, just, I, I have no idea how to handle this one. Uh, it's also such a weird semi too, right? Like, I feel like semi one, there's a, there's at least 14 songs that I feel like could qualify. Um, sorry, Azerbaijan. This semifinal, I, there's maybe five songs that I feel good about and 11 songs that are okay. So it's also really hard to say. Well, Romania comes uh, in the semifinal right after Armenia and right before our next country of Estonia. They have elected this year to send Alika with her song Bridges. Uh, Now Alika came to fame, I guess, uh, competing on The Voice and Bravo Song Contest and Esti Otsib Superstari. so we know she can sing. She brought this song, Bridges, to uh, Estilal. She 
blew us out of the water with her vocals. Do we think that uh, ETV will put on stage a a backdrop for her that helps elevate what she can do from behind the piano? That's my concern. I would say that I have more faith in Estonia and their delegation than perhaps I do with Romania's delegation. Um, because whilst they may be in somewhat similar financial situations, um, I think I would say maybe Romania's is a, is a little smaller, but I think that Estonia knows how to use them correctly and when to say that's too much. We've gone too far and we need to come back because that's not the direction we should go. Romania, on the other hand, I think has a throw everything in the kitchen sink in approach and sometimes goes too far. Um, so with Estonia, yes, I think that they are probably going to be able, and I would say probably, I, I wouldn't be shocked based off of last year's um, staging design if they just take inspiration from the SLL performance itself and say, hey, we're just there's just going to be a bigger version of this, whether there's an LED wall involved and it's more just for, for imagery um, or references, um, kind of similar to... Um, although this wasn't LED, but um, um, Lithuania's song in 2018 with like the projections, the overlays, maybe that's a direction that they take and it's not a full picture. I don't know. But I, I trust her vocally. I trust her to have an artistic direction and I trust um, the Estonian delegation and broadcaster to produce something that's going to make sense. I think the big challenge for, and I said ETV earlier, I meant ERR. ETV is technically just the uh, the broadcast. Uh, I think the big challenge is that last year, they had an artist who could really carry the, the stage themselves, right? Stefan was all over the stage, running out into the audience on the, on the satellite stage, uh, and could really carry almost the entire arena by himself. He had basically a, a sepia tone filter and a, a an old west backdrop and then some lightning and that was basically it. They're gonna have to do more for Alika or strip it all the way down and give her sort of Duncan Lawrence style uh, dark room with a spotlight. But this still has such a powerful uh, moment in it at the end of the bridge and uh, with that big note that they if they don't bring something she's going to just be left out there all on her own and I don't think that that will work for I don't think it'll work for the song and I don't think it'll work for her because I don't think that she's able to bring the same type of energy that Stefan was uh, to his song so they're gonna have to bring something really balanced they can. We, we know that they can. We've seen them do it. But we've also seen them fumble the bag. And it just feels like this year they might be in that in that place. Uh, as I've looked back on Isti Lau, it hasn't felt as cohesive as I remembered it being. Um, and for a song that just doesn't have a ton of staging, it, I, I'm a little bit worried. Sure, yeah, and there and it could be a thing where you're right, you know, what they ultimately put together maybe isn't the package, but I think for me, I just I feel 
as a viewer as as a viewer i believe in the captivating ability of alika that even if they got the package slightly wrong i still think that she could pull it off i still think that it could be captivating no of course i think that it would hinder it and it wouldn't it wouldn't perform in the results as well as it could have with the correct package um but i definitely don't think that even if they they got um a staging that was completely just like what's happening um if they find something that's maybe not the perfect fit but does the job i still think that it it will probably be in a borderline qualifier or low qualifier position, uh, depending upon what everyone else brings and who shows up for that semifinal, because uh, that's the thing that we can't predict. But it, this is the one of of our semifinal that you're right is it's it's not for sure, and I think that that's the beauty of this semifinal. Unlike semifinal one, there is a lot of variance that could potentially happen depending on who decides to vote or who chooses rather to vote in this semifinal from the populace. Of course, we know that the countries that are voting, but who shows up on that night from that country to vote for songs? And it it is really hard to tell. We've talked about it before uh, that the semifinals just aren't watched by as many people by as broad of a fan base uh, as the final, which makes sense. But we have that extra wild card this year of it being 100% televote. And so how does that change the way that people engage? Uh, who knows? I'm, I have a feeling about it. Uh, I have a feeling that they're going to come for songs that are just like, if the vibes are off, they're not going to vote, right? A song's not going to get through if there's just something about it that it, it, doesn't feel super exciting. I think people are coming for energy this year in a way that they maybe haven't in the past. This might be a this this feels like a, a, a song that has runs the risk of the vibes being just a little bit off, especially because she's stuck between Romania and Belgium. That's a big switch of vibes. True, true. It is. It is. Um... But. Runs the risk of being a bit of a palate cleanser, if you will. Yeah, uh, and not in a good way. But uh, let's let's go back to Belgium, since I apparently can't read my own uh, spreadsheet <laughs> that I made. Uh, they are running fifth overall in the semifinal. Uh, this year, they are sending Gustav with Because of You after moving back to a national final for the first time in many, many years. Uh, and doing so in a really interesting way, right? They had the the song club shows where each of their artists got to bring two songs and perform them for the other artists, get their feedback, and then decide which one to take forward. Um, and really, one decision by the Starlings, I think, changed the entire outcome of uh, this national final. And we had a surprise winner uh, in Gustav, our first surprise winner of the season, Not certainly not our last. Uh, and his song "Because of You," which really, like I said, the vibes <laughs> mattered, and he blew the doors off the place with a, a performance no one saw coming. Can he do the same thing for a pan-European audience on stage in Liverpool? Hmm. Well, I 
<laughs> I'm a little biased because uh, this is one of my top songs. So I think that the answer is yes. And I think that the reason why I say that is because, you know, when I first encountered this song and, of course, knowing Gustav and, and Gustav's identity as a, a member of the LGBTQ plus community, my first initial reaction was like, oh, wow, this is like a queer anthem and it's all about being queer. But both through talking with him and, and doing research and just like just reflecting on the song lyrics, I've really realized that there is a message in this song for anyone. Because unlike a song about heartbreak or falling in love or personal loss, those songs most people can relate to. This is a song that in every, probably everyone's life, there has been a person who has lifted them up and pushed them to be further or to, to be better, you know, better than they are today. And I think that that is the key to success here. I think that, yes, and, and we kind of know from the Belgian national final that the staging is most likely going to lean into a little bit of LGBTQ plus culture, drag culture, ballroom culture, and things like that. But I think it's going to be applied in a very uh, careful and stylistic way that it's not pushing a message or a, a stance, but it's just creating a very particular viewpoint. But the song will resonate with so many. So for Belgium in particular, you've got uh, a, a, what I am going to assume to be a great staging, a superb vocalist, a great message that's relatable. Um, I feel really secure with Belgium. I, I feel way more secure about its qualification chances than I did last year. And last year they qualified. <laughs> like if you had put Belgium in the other semifinal, if they were in semifinal one, I would be panicking in the arena. Like I would be having an actual panic attack for one of my favorites. <laughs> them being in semifinal two, I think is just doing them a massive, massive favor. Um, and they are going to be in a very interesting situation because they are coming after Alika, who we just covered, coming before Andrew Lambrew, and then possibly an ad break, either in between them or right after Andrew. I think that that's going to bode really well, and I'm very excited to see what they actually finally put on stage. Yeah, it's really hard telling where that ad break is going. It doesn't feel like it can be before Belgium. And so if they put it after Belgium, that doesn't bode well for Cyprus, which we're covering in the next episode, so I won't go into it, but they're certainly not going to put it before Iceland, which comes next. It's a that's I'm that part's going to be really interesting. Uh, the song though, this it keeps showing up in a lot of people's tops, but it's not, nobody's really talking about it, right? It's it's not a song, it's not Finland, it's not Sweden, it's not Iceland, it's, it's not Georgia. It's just sneaking into a bunch of people's top tens or top fives or wherever. And it just feels like it's got this really sneaky chance of getting through. Um, if we get uh, an audience on Thursday night who maybe maybe skews a little bit older, uh, or not even skews a little bit older, just has a a 
an older component to it than maybe we get during uh, most semifinals. I think this could surprise us, not just by getting through, but by getting through in one of those top three slots from the semifinal. I, it just seems like everyone is going to throw it a vote. And if it gets a one vote from everyone, that it could, it could win the semifinal because there's not a whole lot else here other than we've talked about uh, Austria and Australia. I don't think Georgia is going to get that many uh, votes. We'll talk about that in the next episode as well. Um, I just, I think it could really sneak, sneak attack uh, and, and come really high. And then when it gets to Saturday, depending on where it, it's slotted, uh, if it comes anywhere in the second half, I don't know. I think Belgium have a, a, a surprise hit on their hands. Uh, double surprise considering it wasn't even pegged to like come in the top five of their final and there were only six songs. Yeah. A little bit nuts for, for this sort of fluke accident. Yeah. But I love it and I hope that it, I really do hope that it does well. And I think the the really important thing that you just said is that um, a lot of people from, from what I've been seeing, a lot of like the top songs are in semifinal one which eliminates most of its competition for qualification because even if it's in the top eight for a majority of people, if most of their top six are in semifinal one, there you go. That could potentially end up being the 12 point for a person in the semifinal, depending on you know the vibe and the performances and things like that. But um, I think that that is its chance. It, we we talked about this with Serbia last uh, episode, I think, or maybe two episodes ago, that Constructa really didn't have a ton of competition because most of her competition was in the other semifinal. <laughs> they were all the way over there. And it really opened the door for her for that to have that third uh, place finish in the semifinal. This is what I feel is going to happen with Belgium this year. All of his competition and the people that he doesn't want to be up against for qualification are in another semifinal. And it really opens the door for him to possibly come and surprise people second, third, fourth, maybe even fifth on a bad day. And you're, like you said, just sneak right on in there under everyone's noses. And then depending on the running order, where they end up in the grand final, who knows? But that's really what I see being the case for him because he is such a charismatic and lovable person, great performer, already had a pretty good staging on the national final, is just going to get better in Liverpool. I have good feels. I have more secure feels about this song and also Australia than I do most songs in the semifinal. And when it, when I talk about vibes too, uh, the vibe of a performance, the way that he interacts with his uh, backup singers, whose names I cannot for the life of me remember or find when I need to. Uh, there's just such a, a, a genuine, authentic friendship between them that you want to be a part of it. And I, every part of this song just screams qualification, but does it in such a way that, like we've said a million times, nobody's talking about it. It's going to fly under the radar. Um, I can't wait to see it on stage in Liverpool. It's the one I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think the most because we, I think there's so much potential there uh, for it in ways that some of the other big hitter songs don't don't really have uh, because they're they're already at their peak. 
one of those songs that may already be at its peak, unfortunately, uh, is Denmark. Uh, they have selected this year to send the artist Riley, uh, who is not 17 years old. He's actually like 25. Uh, and his song, Breaking My Heart, uh, which is a K-pop influenced song that in the, the national final relied very heavily on the use of auto-tune or um, just vocal effects, maybe is what we'll say. Which begs an interesting question for what they will do with this song on stage in Liverpool, since you can't use any kind of effect really uh, on the voice of, of your, your lead. Uh, I have my thoughts about that because of what it means to be in pop music right now, but them's the rules. And so that's what we got to deal with. How do you think that that will affect the way that Denmark puts this on stage? You know, I, I honestly, I don't know what's going to be happening. <laughs> like I, I, I've listened to, of course, the viral clip of the after party I've listened to, I think it was his performance in madrid and without the vocal effects a qualification this is not and i think that the problem is is that he just does not have the vocal and breath support to carry the melody and i also think the melody is actually too high for him and i don't know why you would write a song that's too high for the artist to sing live but it's not the first time it's happened um, so maybe the solution here is just lowering the key for the actual performance. But I feel like if that was the case, Denmark would have already done that. We would have already seen a lowered version or like Ireland, for example, a, a revamped version that includes new elements or backing vocalists or something. Because what I feel like Denmark's going to try and do because I know how sneaky these delegations are. So they're going to try and pull a Greece 2017, where they're like, oh, it's fine. We'll just scout someone who sounds enough like Riley to sing the chorus bits behind him, so he sounds like a strong vocalist. But we saw how that played out for Greece because they were never in tune with each other. <laughs> so... I just... I have a lot of concerns. I have a, I have a lot of feelings that Denmark... This was what we thought was going to be a very sure or very safe qualification for Denmark. But as time has gone on from its actual win, I'm like, ooh, we really overhyped this one. Mm. And I don't mean we like you and I, but I mean like we as a populace. Oof. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'll start with the, the positive. The positive is that I actually I really enjoy the song as a record, right? Like as a recorded mm -hmm. piece of music it's it is good it is of the moment um there's nothing wrong with using vocal effects with using auto-tune and in the 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 final dance melody grand prix oh right the easy one right uh, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, dmgp there weren't there, there really wasn't a huge, um, there wasn't a, a lot of competition for him either. Right. He, he brought a song that 
couldn't really be touched by anything else in the way that they selected these eight songs. There wasn't anyone who could could challenge for the votes that he was going to get. Um, now we don't know what the the jury was instructed to to score based on, uh, but he stormed the jury vote, uh, did well in the televote, uh, and overall took forty three percent of the of the final score. Uh, among three super finalists. If the jury's score uh, this semifinal or this year, the way that they have appeared to in the past, uh, in past year of visions, even if this wasn't a televote only, I don't think that Denmark really has a chance to get through um, based on what we're seeing now uh, like you said we've seen him at the the preview parties we've seen the after party clip which whatever i mean i don't really trust that so much um but we've seen him on stage at these pre-parties and he can sing right like we we know that and dr required all of these artists uh to prove that they could sing before putting them on stage with uh the these vocal effects but I'm not certain, even if even if he could sing it really well without the vocal effect and that wasn't going to impact uh, the overall song, I don't know that he has the stage command or just charisma on stage to carry off a performance like this. Especially opening the show, it just doesn't feel like he's got the the momentum to to bring something that's going to stick with people in a positive way. You've got Brunette right after that. Of course, in the death slot, which I think is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the semifinals, we say that it's a bad slot, so people then don't vote for songs that end up in the, the second slot. Um, but you've got a true vocalist follow, following this up. That's not going to stick well in people's brains. I don't know. It just, this doesn't seem like the, I appreciate what Denmark is doing. It just doesn't seem like this is the right year to do it. But maybe this is what the EBU needs to get that sort of kick in the pants to change the rules and allow for modern music to really appear at this contest. Possibly. But I think that the key piece here, I'll be really brief, is. He opens the semifinal with a already concerning vocal. And I, I just, if they do not get this right, and if he does not get this right on the night, uh, it's going to crumble. Um, and I really hope that it doesn't, because of course I want all artists to have a successful experience um, at the contest. But I just, I worry that with him being struggling so much um with not a lot of i guess vision right now with what this is going to look like on the stage opening the semifinal and a massive string of non-qualifications for denmark i have a lot of worries if they were in anywhere else in the running order perhaps they could squeak it on through but opening it's it's making it i think that's more of a death slot than brunette in second <laughs> for Absolutely. Denmark in particular. Absolutely. Yeah. This feels like it would, 
<laughs> if we were talking about junior year of vision and this song, not even this artist, this song, I think we would be having a much different conversation uh, because the audience is different. I don't think the audience is here for uh, this song. So his potential for, I don't want to say potential for, for failure, but that's, I think that's the way I have to. It, his potential for failure is so much higher than the other folks around him um, because of the way that the song is, is built around him. So I wish him the best. I hope that it goes really well. Um, you know, and you want people when they don't qualify, you want that to happen off the back of the best possible performance. You don't want it to be because they were sick or because something failed. So I hope that he has the performance of his life. I just don't know that it'll be enough to carry him through. This is a really tough half of the this semifinal for us to be talking about because we have none of the big five and I think two of like maybe three really of our top tier songs uh, because next up is Greece, which I find to be equally challenging. Uh, this year they've decided to send uh, through an, an internal selection, Victor Vernikos with what they say, uh, sort of a sad boy man ballad um, that I have to say he sings in cursive and it drives me up a wall, which is really unfortunate because he has actually has a fantastic voice uh, and I would love to hear him sing something that maybe matches his style a little bit more. Uh, but what do you think about Greece? It's coming uh, right after Iceland, right before Poland. Uh, so it's got a bit of an interesting slot as well. Yeah, I think coming before Poland really helps them. Um, I think that it could potentially make it much more impressionable. Um, and I think actually Poland would be like, oh, crap. Uh, uh, we don't want to be here right now. I don't think Poland really wants to follow anything, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I think that this one comes down again to the staging. And I, I think I feel very fine about it if you take it and you airlift this song out of eurovision i find it to be a perfectly fine song that i listen to here and there i don't seek it out on purpose and i don't like go like you know what i want to listen to i want to listen to victor's song today but when it does come on on the playlist i do i do respond positively to it i think that if again if they do this staging right i could have a little bit of a marius bear experience with this where i'm like okay, this song is pretty fine and I'm not like actively seeking it out. But then the staging goes on and I'm like, whoa, okay. Okay, this changes things. I'm, I'm in for it. <laughs> or they ruin the staging and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. What What's happening? Stop. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen uh, because Greece has done both thinking of Greece 2018 as a massive, massive oops on their part. Um, and also I'd say 2017 as well. Um, and 2019. Jesus, they've done a lot of oops. Um, <laughs> I never mind. I walk back my whole statement. Uh, if we go back to Greece 20 or 2005, um, what a yeah, wonderful winning year. They did a great job. <laughs> what a wonderful time. Uh, but yeah, if they don't do this right, it 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 could struggle to make it through. The nice thing is, is that he seems to be an okay vocalist live. So perhaps if he yeah. can tighten up that pronunciation a little bit and with a good staging, uh, if people don't show up in the way that they're hoping that they will, 
could be an easy qualification. Just don't know. Yeah, I mean, he has the vocal to qualify. That's I don't think that's of concern uh, for me. The staging is the concern for me, as you just pointed out. Uh, Greece has struggled to stage things recently. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job last year for Amanda Tinfjord. I think it was phenomenal. Uh, but the year before that, <laughs> I still fully believe that for Stephanie uh, Stefania's last dance, they just repurposed the staging they were going to use in 2020 because they'd already paid for it. And so we got essentially people flying through the air on a song about dancing, not about being a superhero on a flying uh, trapeze. Oh my God. It was, I, it bugs me so much that they did that to her. What I would love to see is for them to be able to recreate the music video somehow. Obviously you can't put water on stage. You can't do all of that, but you can use effects to your benefit here and make it feel like he's sitting in a pool of water uh, and I think if they're able to do that and maybe give him some some dancers, uh, just because he is a bit of an inexperienced performer, and so it'd be, I think, uh, inconsiderate to put him out there by himself, I think he has a real shot of creating a moment, and that's what he's going to need to get through. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's a good song. I just worry a little bit about how they, how do they build a staging around him that allows or that, that creates an environment uh, to support him. They can, they don't have a great track record. Yep. But I mean, in the past they have also made it through to the grand final with a staging that is objectively a big question mark. So, I mean, it is possible. Should he pull out a good vocal? Maybe he makes it through, but you're right. The track record isn't on his side. Um, neither is, of course, the jury. And that's the other piece here, is that if he does have a really good vocal performance but not a good staging, the televote may still not show up for him and the jury's not there to counteract because they would vote more likely on the vocal than they would on the full performance. So, God, this I hate this year because there's so much variability in what can happen uh, (laughs) because of this dang televote qualification. Yeah, we we have so much, like... Un- There's so many more unknowns this year on top of this being the first year that feels untouched by COVID since 2020. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what's going to happen. There's no, there's no real uh, template for us to look at here. Next up in our list is Iceland. Uh, this year they are sending Delia with her song power, uh, which she chose to put through the, the English version uh, which I was surprised this year by how many uh, of the songs in the final were in English. Uh, but Iceland is a bit of a wild card um, anyway. We've seen her at the, the pre-parties. We've seen her vocal, I think, get better uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, as it has been for every country I think that we've talked about so far, my big concern is the staging. Her stage presence has been a little bit erratic, uh, even including the the national final, uh, particularly that first semifinal. Things felt a little bit uncontrolled. Do right. you think that 
do you think that that will hurt her in this group of songs? Or do you think that that energy might be what people are looking for? Well, yes. As Going back to our conversation earlier, yes, I think that that energy would be something that we were looking for. But I think that it needs to be applied appropriately. And I think that that's the, maybe the, the uh, piece of advice or criticism that I have from the seg- song The Kepnin uh, performance. But the semifinal was definitely way more chaotic than the, the grand final was. But I think that it's just really hindering her ability to vocally deliver on a level that I know that she's capable of this song because it is very intensive. It is, uh, it requires a lot of breath straight or, uh, breath support and, and air. But when you're running around and doing cardio like that, you're going to run out of breath and you're going to be just like panting. So I think if applied in appropriate amounts or appropriate times, Yes, I think that people would be seeking this out. I think people would have a greater attachment to it. And I think that my overall impression of the song would go up because I do like the song and it it does um, it does resonate with me and I do enjoy it. But if we go so far back into that semifinal performance, I think that she's going to struggle because that was our big critique. She sounded not great in the semifinal, but the song carried her forward. The final, she sounded much better, but but I think it's because she applied control to when she was moving about and how quickly she was moving about so she didn't use all her energy in the first minute of the staging. My worry is that she has such a big stage in Liverpool. I think what you said about her being a little bit more uh, controlled recently or, or just uncontrolled previously uh, had a lot to do with the size of the stage. And so having this giant place to run around, I worry even if they give her a staging, even if she has something worked out that is more controlled and has meaning behind it, that she will just sort of go off on her own and do her own thing. Uh, Which in front of, in front of this televote audience, I don't, I don't know that that's going to be rewarded. Whereas in a live setting, a live uh, arena, people will go nuts for it and will feed off that energy and, and she'll, she'll be able to do the same. It just may not come through when it comes to voting time. Uh, you know, I say all of that, but she still came first in her semifinal uh, at Song of the Kepnan, where I felt like she was, was way out of control and things felt a little bit weird. Maybe the song is enough to carry her through this time too. It's a it's an odd semifinal. We've said it I don't know how many times by now. There's there is a lack of uh, options in this semifinal that bring a lot of energy and a lot of excitement. Hers will do that regardless. So maybe that's enough. Maybe that's all we need. Sure, sure, and I definitely agree with you. I think that um, you know I, if they again if they apply that energy strategically and carefully i think i think it can work um because i think that you can have those moments where maybe she runs down the outcrop stage or you know from the left to the right or whatever but she can't be doing it for three minutes um so if you create a staging where that option is i don't want to say taken away from her but that 
her performance is not reliant upon her filling up the whole stage with her body, moving back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Um, but perhaps it's it's um, also not as intimate as Ireland 2021 was, where you're stuck in one spot and you cannot move from it. They have to find that middle ground. Um, and and uh, RUV has done a relatively good job even like last year, where they stayed in the same spot, but they were able to put a kinetic energy into the performance to push it forward. Um, I think this song has way more potential to have more kinetic energy, but again, it has to be appropriately applied. Um, and um, I think for her, and, and that's the reason why I keep coming back to all these comments, she's coming right after Andrew Lambrew, who has a very vocally impressive performance and a lot of just power notes he could overstate or overshadow her if she does not carefully focus in on those vocals because it could actually hurt her coming after Cyprus because we know most likely that Andrew is going to be able to deliver most of, if not all of this song, depending on how they stage that. I think I, I it's going to depend on where they put the ad break too, right? That might, that might be the real deciding factor here. Not, how she ends up act, uh, appearing on stage for the staging. I do wonder if they just, if they gave her five dancers to go out and do some of that, that cardiac work for her and, and just take some of it off of her shoulders, right? If you've got someone, if you've got the, uh, the, the guy in the red, uh, like streamer suit from uh, the doomsday dancing, Celebs. Oh yes, Tinselman, the, the red guy, Tinselman. Yes, put him out there, right? Let him take some of that effort off of her shoulders, so that way, when she does use it, it's more focused, and it comes at the right times rather than being the whole time. Uh, or you could have or just there. just pull a just day from Paul and I'm now show and put three people who look like Dilia on stage, but have her off stage and just have her come out at the last minute. <laughs> exactly. She's just sitting out front, just in a chair singing. Great. I love it. <laughs> uh, oh, I'd pay to see that. That, that would be great. Uh, maybe our biggest wild card, though, in this entire semifinal is San Marino. Uh, they've shown us in the last couple of years that they are willing to stage a song into oblivion. Um, but they've also got this year a, an entire band, uh, who I would say fill a stage with their personalities, uh, especially this year with, with, uh, their song, uh, like an animal. So we've got Pika Jacks, uh, our third band, uh, yes. In this semifinal, the third band, third band, fourth, uh, with at least no fifth with at least uh two people in it so well if you count the familia as a band there are there are fourth too sure um you told me after their i think it was their first pre-party uh performance that you felt that they could absolutely qualify this year uh, and that the revamp and the performance uh really brought something good to the stage after now four pre-parties, I think, maybe five, 
that we've seen, do you still feel like they have a real shot to qualify? I mean, definitely. I, I think that... I, I think that what you have said about them and that their personalities are really well displayed on on stage. I think that they, especially uh, San uh, the San Mar- Marinese broadcaster, doesn't have to do a tremendous amount of work when it comes to staging because I think that they can do it. Um, the song itself is still just a little flat for me because it is a little it doesn't i i tend to go for songs that have a little bit of a a musical storyline that start at one point and then grow to another point and then have you know that that ending cap of okay and now it's over san mar san mar wow san marino and peaked jacks do not have that it's very much all of the same for three minutes um but I also kind of felt that way about San Marino last year as well. I did not think it was going to qualify. And of course it didn't, but I ended up liking it more when we got to Liverpool because it was just, I mean, it was, it was, it was camp to the nth degree. I think there's potential here. I think if San Marino is going to get in, they're going to squeak in at, at ninth or 10th, or they're going to be out probably if things don't go the way they want to probably 16th 17th it's it's one or the other and i think it really just depends on again who comes up and votes what performance do they bring and how does that performance connect because this is not the most audience friendly song lyrically and there's not a lot to hold on to here um, again, because the the lyrical or melody, uh, the melody rather, is so flat, and the storyline of the song is just very copy paste, copy paste. I feel that the bigger issue may be the lyrics themselves. I said them out loud just without music the other day. Uh, I was explaining them to to Joe, my boyfriend. Uh, just like here's a song that's happening on this stage. And <laughs> I can smell you like an animal is maybe <laughs> the strangest line of 2023. I kind of love it because it's so ridiculous. Uh, but I do think that a lot of people are going to hear it and remember what they put on stage last year with Achille Lauro and just leave the room. Uh, I I don't see any path for this song to to qualify. I think that the they perform the song really well. They have great personalities. Uh, and San Marino has shown us they will throw every dollar they have or lira they have at staging. I don't think that they're going to be able to overcome the lyrics of their song. Uh, it's just a little bit too out there for people. I could be wrong. We've seen weirder things. I think I said the same thing about Hatari uh, when they represented Iceland. And I was wrong. I know I said the same thing about Finland last year or two years ago and was wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong this time too, but I just don't feel like there's a a path forward for uh, like an animal among this group. Sure. Um, And, and, you know, objectively, I agree with you. And I think personally, 
this is not on my list of qualifiers, but I do see how maybe, depending upon the other stages, um, or stagings, rather, um, they could... I do not think that they are going to be the best band of the night, though. So that, I I think, is a non-contest between Slovenia and, and Australia, more so leading to Australia at this point. Um, but if people don't show up, I mean, like, <clears throat> people were talking about Roxen and Romania being like, wow, this is going to be such an amazing entry. I can't wait to see it live. And then it happened live and it sank just all the way down. That I don't want that to happen to other artists, but it could. And it could open a door if they were 11th. Should that happen, they now become 10th. So I wouldn't count them out 100% because we don't know how the public votes. I wouldn't be shocked for them to not qualify. I think it would be really interesting if they qualified. I would have no problem with it uh, because the song is catchy as hell. Uh, I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. <sighs> it is what it is. From our death slot, though, our final song of this episode is Armenia. They've got Brunette with Future Lover. Uh, <laughs> another lyrically challenging song. Uh when they released this, it was to some major fanfare, uh, but they come really early in the semifinal rather than I, th- I feel like they, we, I feel like we usually get Armenia at the very end because they're bringing such a, a banger. This song's a different approach for them. Uh, in my opinion, uh, what do you think that their shot, their, their chances are, uh, coming so early in the semifinal? Yes. So coming, uh, early in the running order, I think will help them because I feel like this song is going to have a very high impact staging. And I think that it's going to try and make this massive statement. Um, If they came late in the game, I would worry that it would get trampled by other songs in the semifinal running order, especially the songs that are in the back half of the running order. Um, Yes, they are in the second slot. And yes, that does give people, I guess, some hesitation. But I think that this is a... A song, uh, really, I would say either of the two songs that are in the second slot um, could have a potential to make this happen. She does have a pretty good performance. Um, There is definitely quality vocals there. There is potential there. Um, And I think that it really just comes down to the staging. Armenia has made me feel very hot and cold where I'm like, wow, I really like the way that they did this. And then like, like, uh, Kami, for example, in 2018, I was like, wow, I really like this. And then I think about like walking out and I'm like, wow, what is this? Why did we do this? It depends. And then snap, which was just like in the middle. And I was like, great. She's in a bedroom of tissue paper. Love it. I don't know. And it depends on how they stage it onto how I think I'm going to end up falling in love with it or not falling in love with it. Um, this is in my wild card area for the semifinal at the moment um because i think i think i think the staging is going to make or break it and to whether or not people want to vote for it or not so i i agree with you but i i I will say that i i think the bigger question might be how georgia stages theirs um i know that songs especially in semifinal don't really compete with each other uh but votes have to come from somewhere and if you get overshadowed later by a another solo female uh, 
singing a song, a, a big pop uh, power ballad song. I don't, not even ballad, just big emotive uh, vocal power song. People might forget that you were there, right? They, they might, oh yeah, th this is the one I wanted uh, and vote for number 11 instead of number two or number 13 instead of number two. So I think it, it's going to depend on how, how can they set themselves apart from these other female powerhouse uh, songs in this semifinal and find a way to be memorable two and a half hours later when voting finally opens. Could also be a completely moot point, right? Like Armenia does have some really inventive and excellent stagings. Uh, they even do really incredible stagings for junior Eurovision. They know what they're doing. Uh, so it may not be a, a, an issue at all, but th they're up against countries that I think are more hot and cold than they are. So they end up, they, they end up running that risk of just being a little bit forgettable because Georgia could come on and put something on stage that is just mm -hmm. wild. Well, and I do want to point out that um, the last time, of course, people always want to talk about the, the death slot. And the last time that we did have a song qualify out of slot two was in 2017 with Nathan Trent's song running on air, a staging that, was lackluster let's let's call it what it was it was lackluster um but it came right after serbia and into deep which was a staging and a performance that just fell apart it was just not it either i think it was helped because the first song was just like an oh no oh what's happening and then it comes after it and you're like oh but that was better oh that, that was actually better so in this right. case, if Denmark does happen to drop the ball or Riley perhaps happens to drop the ball on the night, that could actually set her up to be even more impressive in the second slot and maybe propel her forward, regardless of what Georgia does or doesn't do. Um, and so I think that that's an interesting kind of, I guess, element to bring in here is that I, I, would, I would feel of anyone who's probably been the second slot in the past couple of years the most and i hate to say this because it sounds so mean the happiest to be after denmark in the second slot because there is a high probability chance of it not translating to camera and to the public um versus brunette who we know is able and will deliver a very beautiful vocal it's just whether or not the staging is going to be right. Riley has kind of two X's up against right now. Brunette has a question mark, and it's just the staging. And I would feel more comfortable putting a bet on her at the moment than I probably would Riley. So that could play in her favor, possibly. Um, and I mean, right now in the odds, she's she's doing pretty hot. Um, she's fourth right now on who would qualify out of the semifinal. So it's clear that other people also believe in her. That doesn't mean anything, but uh, people believe in her much more than Denmark, who is now 11th in the running order or in the, uh, the odds to qualify. It's, I think you make two really good points there in that she does follow Riley, who has a bigger hill to climb. Uh, and I would add that she uh, 
precedes Romania, which also has a big hill to climb, and she could easily overshadow both of them, uh, given what we know she can do vocally. Um, and the other thing that you mentioned was the the voting power, or that people are excited about this. Armenians watch, right? We know that they do, because even with some of their less uh, successful songs, or, or songs that have... Um, less momentum behind them, they've qualified. Uh, she's starting sort of, everyone starts at zero points, but she's sort of starting uh, with her, her foot already past the, the starting line. Uh, she just, she doesn't have as big of a hill to climb as some of the others. So it's a good point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, to see how that shakes out. I think we're also getting a little bit less, uh, certain of things as we get closer and closer to the contest because now we've seen too many live performances and we're starting to hear how some of the stagings are coming along and so there's just a little bit of a little bit more question marks there are, there are more question marks now than there were when we uh, recorded the last two episodes so i'm curious to see how that changes for the second half of the semifinal for us uh, the the randomized second half here uh because I think there are some bigger songs here. Plus we have uh, all three of our uh, pre-qualified, automatically qualified songs uh, to come still. Uh, but to that end, th that's all that we have for this episode. Uh, we hope that you had as much fun as we did. Make sure to give us a follow at Amerivision and please subscribe, rate and review wherever you're listening. Doing so helps us reach even more people. And as always, we would like to thank Tomer G for allowing us to use his version of Tadio. Wishing you love, love, peace, peace. And a man in a hamster wheel. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.